0: What is up? What is good? How you living? How you doing? We now know the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 55, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs, and Ingber is pointing to himself, but because I don't have a good short-term memory, is this the Super Bowl that you predicted last week?
1: That's right. Two out of the three people on this podcast predicted it was going to be the Packers against the Chiefs. I was the lone dissenter and said, Bucks Chiefs eliciting a oh from both of you, so I'd like a little bit of credit the next day.
0: Yes, I I know in our betting episode I wagered against Tom Brady a lot. He still threw three picks, but they got it done. Um I guess my first question for both of you is just how did you enjoy it? Did it live up to what you had hoped it to be for four great quarterbacks, two up and comers, two legends? Westbrook, did you feel satisfied or were you left wanting more? You know,
2: Let's just talk about the Bills game. The Bills' chief, I, I think that game almost went exactly as I expected. You're talking about the best, one of the best play callers in the league, and Andy Reid and play designers, and him and Eric Enemy, as well as Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Um, they just they just did what they wanted to do. Rarely ever punt, just score at will. A bunch of great players there, so that that kind of, that game kind of went exactly how I thought it was going to go. And, and, and you also see the difference between a legit Super Bowl type of team in Kansas City versus a team that's up and coming like the, the, the Buffalo Bills. They're certainly a talented team. They still need more pieces and they're up and coming. So I expect more from them in the coming years. You know, the other part is I'm just disappointed that Aaron Rodgers didn't get it done. I thought this was the year that Aaron Rodgers. We would see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Surprised
0: that was your that was your take. Is that Aaron Rodgers didn't get it done?
2: Well, he had some opportunities. I mean, three interceptions. You only score six points on on three interceptions. To me, that points right mm-hmm. to your quarterback, and of course, the quarterback is going to get a lot of the credit, and they're going to get a lot of the blame. I, I, so that's the first por- sure. person I, I look at. You certainly can throw Kevin King in there as well, but I, I felt like cool. Aaron Rodgers was so hot. Coming into this week, he was so hot over the last half of the, the season and then in the playoffs that no, there was no way that Tampa Bay was going to be able to keep up. He just wasn't able to get it done in the end.
0: 346 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, a 101.6 QB rating for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, before I weigh in, because I always end up talking for way too long, Ingber, I'm curious as a former Pats fan – where do you stand with Tom Brady? Is this are Patriots fans rooting for him right now? Are you like, see L- what, where do you stand after all this?
1: It really is interesting. I was joking about this with my wife after the game where all year long, you know, I've been like a stone-faced statue about Tom Brady and just saying like, look, he's not on the Patriots anymore. He gave us 20 great years. I respect the man, but he's on a different team now. It's time to focus on the Patriots. But I had that moment last night. You know, when you, <laughs> you have an ex-girlfriend and you're like, I'm over it. It's fine. And then you see the wedding pictures and all of a sudden it hits Ooh. you like, oh, all of a sudden, wait, she's, she's married now? Right. What's hap-? That was the moment that I had last. This guy's going to the freaking Super Bowl again without us. That it actually, it kind of hurt me. And I woke up this morning thinking, all right, so they didn't pay him the $60 million for two years that he was apparently looking for. And I don't know if he would have signed with the Patriots again anyway. It seemed like he needed a new change of scenery. But let's say we did. So they didn't pay him the $30 million this year. Where did that money go? Because I didn't see it go to elite guys all over the field. Mm. Uh, they let a few guys go for COVID before the season. And then they just sort of said, all right, if we go eight and eight, it's a mm-hmm. good season. Well, you know what? It might have been a better season with the greatest quarterback of all time who just wins playoff games. That's all he does. He just eats them for breakfast. We could have had that guy on our team, and uh, we decided not to for whatever personal reasons were going on in the front office, and it made me a little bummed.
0: I think you were right with your first suggestion that I don't think he was coming back because what we saw yesterday was we saw Chris Godwin making plays. We saw Leonard Fournette stiff arming people. We saw Gronk really only have to make one play and boy, did he, uh, and we saw a defensive line and defensive pressure that really messed up Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think that he would have had those weapons on the Patriots. And I, I think for me, um, what I took away from Sunday is one word, belief. What I heard from all of the Bucks players after the game is that when Tom Brady came here, his level of belief is so high that everybody was forced to believe that they could do it. So there was no doubt in any of these players' minds that this was the goal. Mm-hmm. When I hear Tyron Matthew or I hear members of the Chiefs talk about Patrick Mahomes They literally say he does not believe that he can fail. And when I looked over at the other sideline, and now I see the great Aaron Rodgers, top five quarterback in my mind, top three quarterback all time, now be one in four in NFC championship games. Uh, And I see uh, a Matt LaFleur-led team kick field goals, hoping his defense could stop them. And on the other side, for the other game, I see the Buffalo Bills, and I see Interceptions in the red zone, and I see mistakes, but then I also see field goals when you need touchdowns. What I gained from that was they didn't have the belief. And I know sometimes it's it's this absurd, but like I think Westbrook, I would this is why I want to come back to you. When you're on a team, I can't imagine, with a guy like a Brady or a Mahomes or a Reed or an Arians who just says, No, we're lobbing up a touchdown here at the end of the half. It. It has to give you a level of confidence and you guys are, we're all amazing elite athletes. Can that be that much of an edge when the leadership and the belief is that strong?
2: Well, yeah, the confidence, you're talking about confidence, confidence in those people that are leading you confidence in the play calls confidence in the guys that are around you but, but I mean as you say belief in Mahomes belief belief in Brady I, I think the Packers have belief in Aaron Rodgers but that one situation I think Matt LaFleur outthought himself he thought that maybe we'll get the ball back or defense will show up and we'll go ahead and score which you know it, it turned out to be the wrong the wrong thought process but yeah you know having belief in the guys around you having the belief that this guy Tom Brady, and, I, and we, talk, we talk to guys all the time. Talked to LeSean McCoy when he first went down there. He felt like, yes. listen, we're getting the GOAT, just like everyone else. We're getting the GOAT, and it doesn't matter what the score is. We have this guy, and he'll have the way to get us back. That's the confidence. That's the belief that you're talking about. So, yeah, I, I, I see it with all those teams, um, and you can't get to this place. You can't get to the Super Bowl if you don't have that belief. It's just not possible.
0: Now it is the fifth matchup between Brady and Mahomes. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers' comments after the game. We're going to talk even about Matt Stafford and where he's going. We're going to get to a lot of the NFL and where the Bills go from here. But the Super Bowl matchup, it is not the State Farm Bowl. It is the fifth matchup. It is tied 2-2 to between Mahomes and Brady. I was so taken aback at Tom Brady after the game. Running right. I'm always amazed when a professional athlete is surrounded by thousands of people, PR people, confetti coming down, teammates, coaches, and all that, and they can just turn to where they know their family is and run over and be like, I want to talk to my son. Or Mahomes looked up and was like, There's my pregnant wife. Like there, that that always blows me away that they can have that awareness. But out of both of these guys, Mahomes is ready for ring number two. Mm-hmm. I know that. And the fact that Tom Brady, I was reading Peter King's article today, he, he's a little bit like Jordan where he refuses to compare himself to anybody and also compare Bucks to Patriots. I've heard Michael Jordan asked about LeBron a million times. He goes, comparisons are for you guys. I don't mm-hmm. care. That Tom Brady is like that to a T. Um, what kind of uh, quarterback matchup is this historically in your mind, Westbrook? I don't know why Ingber's laughing. Why are you laughing? I just
1: thought it would be funny if someone was asking Tom Brady, it's like, you don't do comparisons, huh? He's like, No, I don't. And they're like, just like Michael Jordan. So you're just like Michael Jordan by not doing comparisons. <laughs> He's like, No, don't say that. Don't That'd don't come at me with this non comparison comparison. Uh, it just made me laugh. It was just a mental image.
0: But it's it's his tenth Super Bowl yeah. and nineteen years, which is crazy. Um this matchup though, Westbrook. Does it get better than this? Like, it looks like Brady can play two more years, but it really does feel like a torch passing. Where do you think this ranks all time for quarterback matchups in the Super Bowl?
2: You know, I, I don't actually feel like it's a torch passing at all. I think that Tom Brady believes, especially with the talent that he has around him, that he can play two, three, five more years as long as he can throw the deep ball. You see the deep ball to Scotty Miller. Um which which is kind of crazy to say, but I mean, to me, it kind of feels that way, and I know he wouldn't agree with that. But we're also seeing the greatest of all time play against what people would could argue the best start to any NFL career ever, ever MVP Super Bowl MVP championship and right back at it at the precipice again right at the doorstep
0: it is it's it is the greatest start to a career ever ever. when they were talking about bernie kosar i didn't realize that bernie kosar had that run um but no this is the greatest start to a career of all which is
2: which is crazy because we're talking about the greatest start versus and we're comparing quarterbacks versus the greatest career longevity 21 years in been to 10 Super Bowls. i mean that's that that's just kind of mm. uh, a unique that we're able to experience that, and, and we're just seeing a, a team, especially the Kansas City Chiefs. They're gonna they're gonna take advantage of every mistake that you make, same way that the Patriots used to do back in the day. If you made a mistake against the Patriots, they're gonna capitalize. Same way that the the Chiefs, I think, will do. If Brady makes a mistake, that's one thing that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers couldn't do yesterday. They couldn't capitalize mm. on the three mistakes that Brady made.
0: Let's, uh Ingber. Do you have any statistics or anything that you want? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I figured so a, a Brady Mahomes matchup is right down the Ingber stat alley. So let's let's <laughs> hear some numbers.
1: Tom Brady has now beaten twenty-seven different quarterbacks in the playoffs. That includes seven MVPs and seven Super Bowl champions. Uh, that's from only username ILab. Dan Graziano. Tom Brady will have now played eighteen percent of all Super Bowls. 23% of the ones that have been played since wow. he was born, and 48% of the Super Bowls that have been played since he was drafted. Wow. This one was that, great. That's
0: from... Nearly every since he's been drafted in the sixth round, and he didn't even play the first year, he's right. been in 50% of the Super mm-hmm. Bowls.
1: Uh, this is from Field Yates. I love this one. I'd never thought about it like this. Tom Brady will be playing in his 10th Super Bowl. That is twice as many as any other quarterback in NFL history. And it's four more than Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers combined. Uh, Those three guys have gotten to six Super Bowls. He is simultaneously
0: Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan. Like, Wilt Chamberlain has statistics that'll just not be touched ever because he just dominated. But he's doing this in this era, in the modern era, where Drew Brees has one playoff win in the last four years. Okay,
1: back to you. And here was my absolute favorite one. This is from Stats by Stats, an amazing Twitter follow. So, Joe Montana has the second most playoff wins all time. He has 16. And now Brady has more than double that with 33. But Tom Brady, since he turned 35, has 17 playoff wins. So he has the most playoff wins of all time if you just started his career at age 35. Uh, that that one's like a mic drop. So
0: my favorite thing about Tom Brady's career is that for the longest time, you could say you can chop it in half and he's had two Hall of Fame careers. Yeah. But Greg Rosenthal mentioned, and I think we're going to get to it. We're almost at a point where you could chop up his career into threes and yep. all three sections of his careers are Hall of Fame careers. It's, it's, a, it's a longevity. It's a mindset. He looks like he's in better conditioning than he was five years mm-hmm. ago, which is pretty incredible. He looks happier, uh, and this is not a knock against the Patriots or anything. Um, it's weird. I feel like I'm in Brady mode, but like Westbrook said, I really want to be in – I think Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. That's what's so weird is that I've been saying Mahomes is the best quarterback of all time – but I've also been saying that Tom Brady will never be caught. It's, I don't know. Well, that's man. because that's I'm because so the torn. Patriots
2: had such a dynasty. I mean, they had a, a hold on the NFL for such a long time, obviously led by Tom right. Brady. Um, yeah, like
0: the the Patriots were not winning the way the Chiefs no, were winning back in no, the no, day. No, no, right with with where it was a lot of Mahomes. Well, yeah,
2: the the, the Patriots were winning early on because of their defense, I and mean, then Tom Brady kind of so caught up. But the Chiefs right now, Tying which is kind on. of weird because it. Careers don't normally happen like this. This is why he's talking about the, the best beginning of a career. Usually you kind of ramp up first two or three years, you're okay. And then you almost take the Josh Allen approach. You get a little bit better. You make the AFC championship game. Then the right. next couple of years, you're saying, okay, the Super Bowl type of talent. Um, Patrick Mahomes has started hot, super hot. And you just assume that it's just going to continue. Andy Reid keeps coaching. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey. And just find some other mm-hmm. speed around him. It just continues to happen. It, I, I just appreciate that. I it was once that I and I don't know if you put this on there or not, David, but Patrick Mahomes now has gone to more Super Bowls than Drew Brees. The same as Peyton. I mean, same as Peyton Manning. I mean, just some of these things right. are kind of crazy. And then what is his third year? I mean, it's just it's just hard to believe how the level of excellence he third, yeah, third year yeah. playing, third year playing the the level of excellence he's, that he's had uh, in a very very short amount of time.
0: I was hopped up on Mahomes' uh, sauce yesterday. And so I just I, – sometimes when, like, the Chiefs are doing Chiefs things – I just start tweeting things just to upset people, just because I find it fun. And so I said that Mahomes to Kelsey was better than Montana to Rice. And people, and like Luke Russert tweeted at me, he was like, What are you drinking? And I was like, I was like, Can't say Kool Aid. And then two minutes later, when Tyreek Hill had that like 60 yard play, I just said Mahomes to Tyreek over Montana to Rice. And I I was joking about it, but like, I really think that Tyreek Hill is the best weapon in the NFL. And I think that Travis Kelsey might be number two uh, overall, but I think because he plays wide receiver, I call him the best wide receiver in the NFL because you have across from him, I think he was an all pro um, for the Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White, and he could do nothing with Tyreek Kill. It was like, it was like one of those cartoons where like one guy's running circles around the other one. He just, he didn't know what to do. And Tyreek Hill is over there running for 50 yards and then doing like fake crossovers, being like, ah, I should have crossed him over. And, and Travis Kelsey right now is really on pace if this keeps up to be the greatest postseason tight end ever. He's already breaking every record that exists for tight ends. So, um, uh, some I will say that I, I did think last night. Look, Mahomes is doing that on a busted toe, and I I know that it really he really couldn't push off. He really couldn't accelerate. He like and what I love oh, is really, and he, but but he still did the things that makes Mahomes great. Mm-hmm. He still rolled out to the right and threatened the run to open up the passing lane to Kelsey. And I was kind of expecting the Bills to be like, no run. Like, pick up three yards. And I, I really did not like the Bills strategy against Mahomes. I thought it was like sit back in zone. And I thought, if anything, attack Mahomes – uh, but you can't blitz Mahomes. He's he's really un- He's really undefendable. I
2: think Leslie Frazier, who I, I respect a bunch, the defensive coordinator for the Bills. I, quite honestly, I thought he tried everything that a defensive coordinator could mm-hmm. try. They blitzed him a little bit. They got beat by the blitz. So in order to get a team to stop blitzing, all you do is beat the blitz a couple of times. They stop blitzing. So they did that. Then they they played man-to-man. Him, yeah. Tariq Hill goes crazy. Then oh, when they, what happens if he can't throw the ball down the field, now Patrick Mahomes actually w- – turf toe and everything else he runs the yeah. ball you go zone then travis kelsey kills you so i mean andy reed had an answer we don't even talk about like the byron pringles oh, Nicole yeah, yeah. Hardman, hardman Clyde edwards he yeah. andy Reid had an yeah. answer for everything that leslie frazier and that defense did that's what that as good as patrick mahomes played andy reed eric b enemy the play calls were so just as good as patrick mahomes in his football game it was it was pretty impressive to watch quite honestly
0: I I feel like I'm glad we're starting with Chiefs Bills first because uh, it even though the Bills went up nine nothing the Chiefs came back and I ca- that that one didn't have as much drama no. as Green Bay Tampa Bay um, but at the same point this is this is what I had been saying about Josh Allen all year and I feel bad for the guy that had happened now first two rounds Baltimore and Indy. He had two big fumbles that his offensive lineman recovered in both mm-hmm. games. And in this game, the carelessness in the red zone, the carelessness with the football caught out with them, those two interceptions, um, unreal. Other side, let's talk about the field goal for the other game, Packers-Bucks. What was your reaction as it was happening live, Westbrook?
2: I think it was right about, what, two minutes and eight seconds. Two, so it was a little bit a little bit under three minutes left in the game. Um I'm saying you gotta go for it. You gotta go. You're down eight at that point. And we were actually talking about it a little bit before we started here. If if you go for it and you don't get it, right? Then you're still down eight. You gotta get you a stop. The ball inside right? the You gotta get a stop. Yeah. If you go for it, you get it, obviously. You know, now you have a chance to tie the game. Um the play before that was even more importantly. There there were three three things there. So you, you don't go for the 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 uh touchdown there, which is an error. The play before yeah. that. Um Aaron Rodgers had an opportunity to run the ball in the end zone. Literally run with no. no one else there.
0: No. Just run. I would like, I would like to disagree. Could he have run and gotten it closer to have made fourth down easy? Yes. I have watched Tony Romo get caught by the Seahawks on that field goal too many times to see a picture.
2: I mean, he's, he's faster than Tony
0: Romo. Aaron Rod, t- I much I, faster. I haven't than Tony been able Romo. to see. I get it. I don't think. Aaron Rodgers makes it, but I think he gets to like the three or the two. Well, uh, uh, look. and which then, which then I agree with you, Matt LaFleur may have had the chutzpah to have gone from it at the two or the three, but not the eight. But I'm just going to say, I don't think it was a foregone conclusion. I he think he make. makes
2: it. He had Indama Kinsu chasing him from behind. I think he makes it. And let's say he did make it, then you're then he's much closer than being at the eight. So there's that. The other one I wanted to mention. Yeah. Their first throw to Devontae Adams, where it was kind of behind him, but he still should have caught it, that's a touchdown right there. I mean, you, so you missed out mm. on three great opportunities of scoring in that situation. To me, that was opposite of who I thought Aaron Rodgers was all season long, at least for the second half of the season, they were yeah. always capitalizing yeah. on mistakes um, that, 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 that were being made. And
0: they were 24 out of 25 in goal-to-go situations yeah. this yeah. season. Y- like, and it's just been Devontae yeah. Adams making a guy. You know makes- what, you know what was the
2: big thing that stood out for me in that game? That Tampa Bay was more aggressive. They were hungrier. And they're just a tougher football team than Green Bay. And that's been kind of the knocking Green right. Bay for a long time. They're not a tough, nasty football team. It, it showed this, it showed itself a little bit there. They they weren't tougher. They weren't nasty enough. And and the Bucs, especially on the defense, give Todd Bowles a bunch of credit. Oh, I give, I give there's two things. I give Todd Bowles a bunch of credit defensively because they they found a way to slow things down. Obviously with the turnover, I give Byron Leftwich who gets no credit at all for anything that's happened with None. that offense. I give him a bunch of credit because that that play to Scotty Miller, that touchdown, that could have easily been okay. Let's try to get a first down. Let's get a little bit closer for the field goal. But they at least gave Tom Brady the option if they play this crazy cover one defense where they got a safety in the middle of the field and playing man-to-man on the outside, give him a shot. The fastest kid on the dog on field, give him a shot. And again, I give Tom Brady credit for that, but also you got to give Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowl a lot of credit for the way that game went um, yesterday afternoon.
0: That play at the end of the half, other than it's pretty much what happened to Aaron Rodgers to the Giants with Hakeem yeah. Nicks, like seven years ago. It also reminded me a lot of the Chad Henney throw to Tyreek in terms of this. We're going out there. We're going to run down the clock. Mm-hmm. We're not actually going to do anything. Or in the in this situation, we're just going to try and throw a short pass to get in a field goal range. And they attacked Kevin King that entire game. It was find that dude and go after mm-hmm. him. And eventually you have to go, Kevin, can you backpedal? Yep. yep. Can you you go back five yards? Like How that happens, I do not know. But that, to me, was the most disappointing part of the weekend was not just the fact that they kicked the field goal there. Part of the reason that I was so excited for these four quarterbacks is I thought it was four teams that had been playing really aggressive all year, and I thought we were going to get that mindset the entire time. Mm -hmm. And so when I brought up belief earlier, the decision-making by the Bills and the Packers seemed like people that were afraid. They seemed like people that were trying to protect something. The Packers were, uh, it felt like they were coming in there like, let's just play our game. And the Bucs were like, let's go take this from them. And I agree with you. They're a tougher football team, but the Bills have been one of the most aggressive teams all year. And they weren't as aggressive this game. The Packers were one of the most aggressive teams all year. And they got really unaggressive uh, in this game. Uh, that that's really what was so disappointing to me. The Aaron Jones fumble, like for that sequence to happen, where if you think about it, the Packers had the ball with less than two minutes to go in the first yep. half and they get the ball to start the half. So literally they were in the position to do that score twice, but instead the Bucks get the ball and get that touchdown and then Aaron Jones fumbles it and then they score and the Bucs then go up 28 to 10 and from at that point it's just a different game but um i i feel bad for aaron Rodgers. i didn't make as much about his post-game comments as everybody else did did you did you see his comments about finality and all that and when you watched it did you think that he didn't want to be in green bay anymore
2: no i i still think he wants to be in green bay but you know when you draft the quarterback and like they like the Packers did you always have to consider this may be the last chance and I, I was taking notes in the game and if you're Aaron Rodgers you're watching Tom Brady on the other sideline at this point celebrating they're going to win the game you got to ask your question listen Tom Brady was in New England for 20 years he built a legacy there built something great there same way that Aaron Rodgers did in in, in Green Bay obviously without the championships maybe the grass is a little bit greener on the other side Tom Brady mm. Tampa Green, I mean, I don't know where Aaron Rodgers could potentially go, but maybe there's another place that he can go and actually be better than what they are there in Green Bay. That's the question that he has to ask himself. I'm sure last night, this morning, and over the course of the offseason, he's going to be saying, I wonder if there is another location that would be better for me. Not that the team hasn't supported him. You can talk about the draft all we want, but, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, they, they were in the NFC Championship game. They were good enough to get there. They were good enough to win the doggone game. They made some mistakes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I, I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, I had I make no – I didn't make a big deal of that anyway. I think you have to no. – at this point, you're 37. As your career continues to end, right, as you're getting closer to the end than than you are to the beginning, you begin to start seeing things differently. And you say, well, maybe this is my last time in this jersey. Maybe this is my last time in this locker room. And some of that comes out in the press conference, and I think that's all that was uh, when we talked about Aaron Rodgers.
0: Aaron Rodgers, to me, is clearly an intellectual. The man's going to be hiring, uh, hosting Jeopardy soon. <laughs> um, and I think he is simply commenting on the finality of the season. I think when, when he talked about, you know, the only thing that's consistent in this, in this business is change. He knows that there's going to be a bunch of guys on the roster that are just not there that's next right. year in a roster that has gone 28 and 8 the last 2 years and gone to back-to-back championship games. He knows that who knows what the weapons are going to be like and the coaches. You know Mike McCarthy was there forever. And I think that he was simply commenting on the season ending I think people are looking at his tone too much and how introspective he was and they were going, oh, he's clearly contemplating something. I think the fact that there is an opt-out in his contract is very interesting and I don't know exactly how that works. I was always under the the notion that the opt-out in his contract was just in case Jared Goff gets paid more than him, which happened, he can get paid more. Um, But I, I think also... For the longest time, we've seen quarterbacks leave systems, and I I think there's always been this notion of, oh, that's it. But, I mean, Joe Montana went to the Chiefs and took him to an AFC championship game. Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And now Tom Brady is going to the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. And I think for the longest time, we've looked at, Other quarterbacks wearing different uniforms and helmets. And we've kind of gone, oh, this just looks weird to see this guy in a different uniform. But now we have like a pretty legitimate track record. Like Brady and Manning are two of the best quarterbacks that have ever played. And now they have gone to the Super Bowl with a franchise that is not the one that they came with. And they did not upset that fan base. There are Patriots fans rooting for Brady. There were Colts fans rooting for Manning. And I think it's got to be. Warming for Aaron Rodgers to know, hey, if you ever leave the Packers, it can be like this. It doesn't have to be Packer Nation hating you. And I, I would imagine, though, that Tom Brady started his career with the Patriots as the feel-good story of the century. Out of nowhere, six-round pick, loved his name's Tommy, like it was just always perfect. Aaron Rodgers was really disrespected by this franchise and, fa- not, and the fans, really, for about three, four years, and understandably so, he was replacing Brett Favre, who went to an NFC Championship game with the Minnesota Vikings, I may add. But I think he worked a lot to get the love of the franchise. Um, but I am curious if he if he left that game and he'll, he'll kind of sit with it for the next few weeks and go, it doesn't have to end here. But I also think when you have guys like Devontae Adams and that young core of running backs, they do need to pay Aaron, Aaron Jones, uh, you know, I'm, I i do not think he's wanting to leave. That's just my, my feeling after that game. I, I oh, well, go
2: you, you know, he made a couple comments and I don't know the exact words, but the comments basically centered around, we have to be much better than we are currently. And that almost felt like a shot mm-hmm. at the management, whoever's picking the players there. And, and I, I think, you know, through the course of the offseason, you got to wonder about that too. You know how does that play into his thought process? And I don't know what his contract situation is. I'm assuming that he's under contract in the next few years, but
0: I mean, yeah, he's got two yeah. more years, but the, there's an opt out after right. this. Year. I,
2: I would, I would, I would wonder at this point, he's saying, Okay, I'm, I'll be 38 this year. We got if, if you don't surround me with better weapons, especially on the defensive side, um, mm. what are we doing? Because I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. They're not going to rebuild. They, they have too many weapons there right now. But I don't want to be a part of a situation, a team that's not going to be competing for the championship. And we have to get better. That was one thing that I took out of that comp- those comments.
0: We can blame the Packers' defense because there was a lot of moments, like the, the, the bomb at the end of the first half. At the same point, Aaron Jones' fumble really did set them oh, yeah. up for a touchdown. Yeah. And also in the fourth quarter, I mean – I mean, Tom Brady threw three picks in this game. The, the The Packers got three, was it three interceptions in the fourth quarter? And the Packers turned it into two three and outs and that fumble at the end of the game. And so the Packers defense did their job at the end of that game. Tom Brady in the second half did not look great. He was throwing balls off his back yeah. foot and lobbing them up. Mike Evans had a few drops. Um, it, but it, the Bucks did not look – and maybe that, what's went, what went into Matt LaFleur's head, we've been stopping them. But I'm not giving the ball to Tom Brady back with two minutes. And then when you factor in what we said before, they get the, – you've gone three and out, three and out, and then you drive down the field, you get to the eight, and you go for the field goal. It's just – it was the reminder yesterday that Andy Reid and Bruce Arians, the guys that have been around the block and that have taken these L's before – said, let's put it all out there because we might not get back here again. And Sean McDermott and Matt LaFleur who haven't had experience in those games before said, let's, let's play this safe and let's hold on. And I, I think it's, it's the reason why in anything experience allows you to, to kind of eliminate that fear. And I thought that Andy Reid and Arians existed without fear and McDermott and LaFleur were sitting in it. Uh, and it, it, it just – and also the quarterbacks. Well but, that, That's uh, a
2: big – that's what I was going to say. It's much easier to have confidence in your team, your offense, if you have Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Now, I guess the argument in the other game is that, well, you got Tom Brady. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, so uh, there there's really not a comparison there. There's really no excuse for Matt LaFleur. But I think to your point, having experience in these games – goes a long way of how you treat things, right? How you, how you look at things, how you treat things, how you, as a coach and a player, we saw the big difference.
0: Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, you had been to three NFC championship mm-hmm. games in a row. Um... I don't know if I've ever asked you this. When you're going into the one that got you to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, was there a level of comfort of being there that the Falcons didn't have? Was it a lot of pressure? What, what is it like to have been on that stage and, and gone through losses on that well, stage?
2: Well, I, I think that game against the Falcons, it's almost like, um, I, I'll give you an example. Like, like last week, we saw the Bucs and the Saints. It's hard to beat a team three times in one season, right? Because it's hard to do that. And as a player, you're thinking it's hard to lose for NFC Championship game, I mean, you know, the odds are just are, right. are with you as far as being able to win. But how comfortable you are during the week, you understand what's going to go in, you understand the press conferences, you understand the intensity of the game, mm-hmm. you understand the halftime. How comfortable you are in those games, Super Bowl included, it it it, it it's kind of it's the tail of the tape. It, it 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 separates you from the guys that have been there and done it before. If you're not comfortable then it's going to be hard to play. It's hard, but the football is a game you want to go out there and be natural. You want to be out there, go out there and just allow your athletic ability to flow. And when you're not comfortable, you're not sure, it's hard for that to happen. The other thing I wanted to mention, I'm just I'm just thinking of the game yesterday. We talked about Josh Allen. He's been really good this season. But yesterday, because of Patrick Mahomes, and, and obviously they don't play against each other, Josh Allen was under so much pressure to score touchdowns Versus field goals to move the ball, and and Brian Dable he decided okay we're not going to run the ball we're not going to try to keep the ball away from
0: yeah they didn't have Zach Moss yeah, they, either they, which they was like didn't, their main. But I mean you
2: got to at least yeah. try to get some time of possession on your side. But I think Josh Allen, my point was that he was pressing a little bit to try to score with Patrick Mahomes. And that's just not his game. That's the, he's not ready for that part of his game quite yet. He may be next year. This experience may may change him. But I, I, it was right. clear yesterday that they weren't. They're not in the same class when you talk about Patrick Mahomes and and, and of course Josh Allen.
0: Two things about that. I know someone that is close to the Buffalo Bills organization, and they said that what they took away from the first game when they played in the regular season was that they really felt like Josh was trying to compete with Patrick, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to talk to him before the game and go, this is not about you and Patrick. This is about focusing on the game. So that's one thing. Two, I was one week off with my I took that personally concept. I said that if Mahomes got there against Aaron Rodgers that he would be I took that personally which was Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, the fact that we were even the same mm-hmm. sentence offended me. It was this week. I know personally. Really? That that Mahomes yeah, Mahomes was like don't compare me to Josh Allen. Well, he shouldn't be. I mean, I mean, we we have to call it what it is. He shouldn't
2: be even though again, Josh Allen, he started he started having an MVP type of season midway through and played well.
0: Josh Allen had a phenomenal season. He was great. He will be great. He has incredible tools. Mm-hmm. But for what Mahomes has accomplished in his first three playing seasons, it's the greatest three of all mm-hmm. time. Josh Allen may have the greatest growth over three years, from 10 to 20 to 40 touchdowns, a completion percentage that's gone from like the 50s to the 60s and 70s. But – um Mahomes has a fire, man. Mahomes, Mahomes is somebody that will watch Michael Jordan and the last dance and go, that's me. Yeah. And other people watch Michael Jordan the last dance and go, that guy's crazy. And you need to be a little bit nuts. Brady is that. Mahomes is that. They are people that are not consumed with your opinion. They are not worried about where they stack up. They have one goal, and that's to put a ring on their fourth finger on their left hand. And that's all they care about. And the respect between these guys is insane. But did you just check your hand to see if you put on your fourth finger or your Uh, left? My left hand, that's my
2: wedding ring. So I need to wear that all the time, according to my wife.
0: I don't have one. So I didn't didn't think about
2: that. So just just as a reminder, as you continue towards that march towards walking down that aisle. Can I
0: have a random question for Westbrook. Ingber has given me speeches before that uh, the week before his wedding he went to an old man and the old man l- looked him mm-hmm. in the face and said, A respectable man wears the golden band. He does not get I don't know why he's Christopher Walken. Um <laughs> but Westbrook, what is your thought on the wedding band? Is it should it be gold? Can it be Black onyx? Yeah. Can it be wood? What do you Where's think? Mine? Here's mine. So mine is
2: black. It has a little, you know, the black mm. diamonds in there. Yeah. Ooh. So I, I personally like the black. I mean, silver, gold. My dad has a gold one. Um, I, it's a fashion thing at this point. I mean, a little bit. You know, I, I like the blow, the gold. The, here's the thing about the black one, and I didn't understand this until at the Cap married So according to the internet, the black band is a sign that you're a swinger. Didn't know that.
0: Oh, no wow! <laughs> it up on the internet, it says according to that. Um, and I is this why you end every podcast with "What are you doing later"? I'm
2: just <laughs> hey, if <laughs> your guys are free, no, I mean, I, I just, just, just add you, wow. you know, wow, well, what, what type of person he are you? Are- you're not a. Tra- are you a traditional person? You feel.
0: No, okay. but Inger is very traditional. Yeah. He's a golden band guy. Now I know that you're a black diamond <laughs> encrusted. Ingver, what do you think about all this?
1: No, the story that I told you, go, which was so funny, was that, of course, my wife and I forgot to pick up wedding bands. We were running around doing all these preparations in the weeks leading up to our wedding that we were like, oh, crap, we forgot to actually buy wedding bands. And a friend of ours, her dad, uh, was a he's a jewelry wholesaler. So we just met him at his office. This is not a jewelry store. It was an office. And the guy just happened to have a couple of wedding bands laying around in his office. And <laughs> so my wife got to try on it's like, like that, four man. or five different styles. Then he looked at me and he said, a man wears a gold band and he just handed me one and i was like yep no problem and i bought it on the spot so <laughs> i didn't really have a choice in the matter and to me that was like the best story possible to get yeah. my wedding band so it's not like i have an opinion on it this yeah. man just foisted his opinion onto me and i said cool yeah, now it. this is my wedding band and by the way fun little fact of why it's the uh, the fourth finger on your left hand yeah it is because it is a vein that goes directly from that knuckle to oh, your heart
2: oh no wonder i feel
0: That's it amazing. i feel it in my heart a little bit you got that That's swinger? Huh. Comes from. <laughs> uh, wait. So how did what what caused it, Westbrook? You to look that up, or did somebody mention it to you, or better yet, did like a couple come over and they're like, "Hey, guys.
2: yeah, we were at a bar, <laughs> uh,
0: my wife and I." You know, <laughs> like,
2: I wish that was a story. It's not. No, we, I I think someone mentioned it to me. Like, hey, are you a swinger? I'm like, why would you even ask me that? They said because you're banned, and so I was like, well, I'm not now, but you know. I'm open to ideas here. Right? Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see <laughs> what goes
0: on. Um, the The Super Bowl is now set. It is Brady versus Mahomes. Uh, it is the Patriots versus the. Excuse me. It is the Chiefs versus the Bucks. Bruce Arians never been to a head to a Super Bowl as a head coach. One of the, the cool. Th- these might be the two coolest head coaches to hang out with. Facing off in a Super Bowl. Like the I think the the Super Bowl two years ago, McVay versus Belichick. Mm-hmm. Worst Super Bowl to hang out with those guys. Like you they're just getting nerded out, and it's not gonna be fun. Arians is making drinks. Uh Reed is making hamburgers. You know, two guys that I feel like have been disrespected for a long time. It, it's it's really a Super Bowl where I'm obviously pulling for the Chiefs because I I am a Chiefs fan. You know, what a what a what a oh, work out what do you, you. mean, Westbrook? Yeah. You're a Steelers fan, you know. I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you. And Ingver's an Eagles fan. And well,
1: I stand by my choices. I, I, I don't look backward.
0: I was talking about how great Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek were, and somebody in on Twitter said to me, You suck Mahomes off all the mm. time. And what I said to him was <laughs> he's the great, he's the best quarterback in the league. If D. 4 doesn't go off sides two years ago, they're in their third Super Bowl in a row. He's won MVP. Everything that we've said, I said. I'm just talking about greatness. And either way, whatever the the result of the Super Bowl is, we are seeing something insanely special. We are seeing either Tom Brady win his is it eighth? Is it eighth that or would be
1: his seventh win, his tenth appearance?
0: It would be a seventh Super Bowl or we're going to see Mahomes win two in three years. And, and Inver called me out for this, this season. I just want us to appreciate greatness with, you know, Brady. We've, we've never seen something like this before Mahomes. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this before. And to assume that this is going to come around again. Uh, and what am I supposed to do? Get really excited about like the, 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 I don't know. I can't get that excited about Justin Herbert. He hasn't done anything yet, but I just, I want people to appreciate the greatness. And I feel like wh- however this ends, we are crowning something special that we've never seen before. So I feel like I'm going to feel really content either way. You, know,
2: you said something last week in, I, I think it is so true right now. We're seeing the combination of a coach in this prime, Andy Reed, a player Young young man, I don't. Is Patrick Mahomes twenty five yet? Well, however old he is, twenty five. He's 25. in his prime, which started at the beginning of his damn career. Yeah,
0: I don't even know if his prime is yeah, started, that, which yet. is
2: kind of crazy. And we're seeing the prime of Tyreek Hill and Travis Coates. So I mean, all the most important pieces of this team are literally playing their best. Eric B. Enemy calling the best plays and. Andy and, and Mahomes and all the,
0: the skill guys. Tyron Matthew is in his all prime. These, Chris Jones is all in his prime. All these guys,
2: everybody across the board is in, the, in their prime of their career, which is so rare. I mean, usually it's old guys and then young guys and a couple guys in the middle, but this team is just so well put together. Give Brett Vee some, some credit. Um, I appreciate that. And it's just pretty cool to watch. And I think I, I, there is respect. There is appreciation there. But when, when you mentioned Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. The first thing Andy Reid popped in my head, those Bahama, those Tommy Bahama shirts, yeah, biggest, yes. biggest day. And Bruce Arians about, I don't know, a couple months ago, I saw him without his hat. No, without the hat. And I didn't know who the hell he was. I had no clue. <laughs> I, I don't know that Bruce Arians has any hair. I mean, you think that he has a, hair full of, a head full of hair. Have you seen him without a hat before?
0: I always thought it was like a very close, like stubble. It's, it's
2: It was uncomfortable for me because I was shocked. I, I didn't know who he was.
0: <laughs> Bruce Arians. Your teacher out of the street. Hey, Bruce. Out here? Right. He coached under Bear Bryant. Wow. Like Bruce Arians is a football lifer mm-hmm. that has coached forever. And like, think about what he did to that Colts team when Pagano went out with cancer and he led them to like an incredible, like, He's the quarterback whisperer with with Ben Roethlisberger, and now Tom like Bruce Arians when he does can write the coolest football book that has ever existed. Like Andy Reid has uh, really done some special stuff, but like Bruce Arians has been a part of the wildest situations ever, and I'm so happy that he's going to get two weeks of getting his due. Because uh, he deserves it, and also this is going to be two weeks of Eric Bieniemy getting his due, two weeks of Byron Leftwich getting his due, two weeks of Todd Bowles getting his due, two weeks of Steve Spagnuolo getting yeah. his due. We get Steve Spagnuolo against Tom Brady, like in the Giants Super Bowls, and also we get JPP now against Mahomes. You know, and it was JPP against Tom Brady back mm-hmm. in the day. uh, before I get into the Eric Fisher tearing his Achilles, Ingber wanted to say something, and then Westbrook jumped in. Ingber, do you remember it, or did you lose it?
1: I do, actually. It was uh, in relation to you talking about Mahomes' greatness, and I love the way stats can repackage certain things and make a certain stat seem like slightly more impressive or slightly less impressive. But this is from Emmanuel Acho. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes will play in two Super Bowls before ever losing an NFL game by more than one possession. That's a pretty famous stat now, that he's never lost a game by more than eight points. But this was the one that blew my mind. The last time Patrick Mahomes lost by more than one possession, November 19th, 2016 against Iowa State. Wow. So, I mean, this man just keeps his team in games, this maniacal competitor. And it feels like you go through his losses. There was like 37-31 to the Patriots in, the, in overtime. There was that crazy like 52-49 to 49 against the Rams. It's right. just it, he always does just enough to get his team over the hump. And sometimes the defense lets them slightly down. But Mahomes keeps you in every single game. Yeah, they think lost about this year that. 40 you just talked about
0: games where their opponents dropped 89 Dude. points.
1: And 40, <laughs> right. Still and this right. year it was 40-32 to 32 against the Raiders. I was the only one funny. they lost. They put um, up a 40 we, we, if you okay. think
2: about Mahomes, just think about all some of the best quarterbacks ever. You know, Marino, strong arm. You talk about uh John Elway, strong arm and athlete. Patrick Mahomes almost has the best Drew Brees accuracy. Tom Brady, just a winner. He has the best attributes of each one of the best quarterbacks that you can name. He can run the ball like Aaron Rodgers when he needs to. He's accurate when he has to be. Drew Brees. He has, you know, he, he has a strong arm. John Elway, Marino. I mean, all the great things about the greatest quarterbacks ever. Exactly. Patrick Mahomes has, which is scary because now you start to think, okay, well, how long can this thing go? I mean, can, are, are we saying he wins it this year and he has a chance to win it for the next four or five years in a row? I mean, which is scary to think about, but you you have to imagine that there's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some, some, some guys leaving the team, but if not, you, you have to think they got a chance to win it for the next three, four years easily.
0: The defining factor of the Bucks Packers game yesterday was that Rogers was under pressure when it mattered most. And Todd Bowles brought a yeah, lot of defeat with Eric Fisher tearing his Achilles and then losing their left tackle. That was the first thing I thought is here comes that Bucks pass mm-hmm. rush. Um, they got two weeks to prepare, and let me just state for the record again, can't wait for this storyline, Andy Reid with extra time to prepare is pretty darn good. Um, wh- what do you think, Westbrook? How big of an issue is – I mean, obviously it's a big issue losing your left tackle but for the Super Bowl, but against this Bucks team specifically.
2: Well, I think it's huge, but I also know that Andy Reid is one of the best game planners as far as protecting their quarterback and hitting your defensive players, the, the guys that are getting sacked in so many different ways before they even know. you, So I remember we played against the Giants, obviously, two times a year. We play against Strahan. Okay, the first play, he's going to get hit by the tackle. He's going to get hit by the tight end. Second play, the tackle and the running back. Third play, the wide receiver is going to come in and hit him. So as time you get to the fourth play, instead of rushing the quarterback, now he's looking around like, who's going to be the guy that's going to hit me? That's how you slow people down. And just think about that along the lines of some of the speed, those, those, uh, those quick screen plays, right. this quick... Hand the ball off to the the that
0: Travis Kelsey is practically a sixth exactly. offensive yeah, lineman yeah. out there that can also run like a four-five. Yeah. I mean,
2: so when I think of all the speed that they have in their team and all those other things, I'm saying, okay, can Andy Reid slow this pass rush down? Absolutely. Let's say he doesn't. Let's say he doesn't slow the pass rush down at all. Can Patrick Mahomes get the ball out quick enough? And and I, I still think that he can. So I mean, there are certain ways that you attack an aggressive defense. And sometimes, just like I mentioned earlier, it only takes one, one or two times to beat a blitz or to beat an aggressive pass rush. And then you get them out of those situations. You get them out of uh, blitzing you very much.
0: When you have to put a safety on top of a corner guarding Tyree Kill, mm-hmm. because he can go for a bomb at any mm-hmm. time, that's two defenders. You're going to want to put one, if not two, on Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. It's the reason we got Nicole Harmon, who runs a four three in one on one every yeah. time, or Sammy Watkins, or Byron Pringle, or Ceh, and he just Demarcus. He always has a matchup that's friendly. But to what you said too, when the defensive end when JPP simult- simultaneously has to worry about a Tyree kill jet sweep, in addition to getting down blocked by a wide receiver and then having to go and chase down Mahomes who to what you were saying before about how specially his i think the thing that that Mahomes has is so certain quarterbacks have it and some don't awareness the ability to slide and avoid a rush with one step but also like seeing the game like queen's gambit like seeing the game come out in front of him that throw early on yesterday where he looked and all the linebackers went and he threw it and the wide receiver wasn't even open yet I, I agree with you. I think that if there's one guy that can make it work, one unit to make it work, it's the Andy Reid Mahomes combination to scheme it up and then handle it. But it's, you know, you just, you'd you want the teams to be full strength when they go into a game like yeah, this.
2: Yeah, you want them to be healthy. And obviously, it's a big loss losing your left tackle. But again, man, you know, when you look at Kansas City, they've dealt with some injuries along the offensive line a, a lot throughout the season. Yep. So, I mean, if, if they're, they'll find a way. They got two weeks to find a way to try to, to, to protect the quarterback. And I think they'll do a pretty good job of it.
0: What is Andy like with two weeks to prepare for a, for a Super Bowl? What is what is it like? And then now you were with him when he had a chance to do it for the first mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I'm sure he's refined yeah, it. He'll
2: give the guys a little bit of break. You know, you probably give them to Wednesday just to get their bodies back. And Wednesday through Friday, now you are putting in your, gate, your base game plan. Here's the things that uh, we know we need to get to.
0: Um, when the players are off from now until Wednesday, is Andy just in there grinding tape and building the game yeah. plan? Like how do, okay.
2: Unbelievable! I mean, this, this guy is, he's a literally a machine even throughout the whole season. And, and especially now you're talking about the biggest game of the year, he'll sleep in his office two, three days a week, easily, maybe more, um, just so that he can wake up, hit the tape immediately, make sure that every, um, I is dotted, T is crossed. You're talking about the most detailed guy that I've ever been around in my life. Everything is written down in his little note card, has a, a red pen with him at all times so he can write things down. Detail-oriented, prepared. That's why his teams yeah. have the ability to not only design guys open, scheme guys open, but also execute some of these plays. I mean, it, it's a lot of the same plays, but different guys in those same positions, his team is able to execute oh, it very
0: well. Perfect example. In, in When it's fourth and short, the Chiefs are going to put Tyreek Hill in motion, and we, you know we saw last week uh, against uh, the Browns, he shot out. This time he faked it, and they had the running back yeah. shoot out. But it was the same formation that they were doing. When when you when the players though get in there on a Wednesday or a Thursday, are you guys learning? Here's what we do great, or here's what we want to attack on them? Because the thing that I keep getting confused if I was in a, in a coaching position is hey, guys, this team doesn't do this well, we're going to attack it. Well, they might mix it up, and then you have this game plan for something that they're not even doing anymore. It, it's this, this chess, mess, chess match between these coaches where it's like you could show one thing all year, but for the Super Bowl, do you want to do something different to throw them off, or do you want to stick with what you do great? So I that that's the dilemma that I've never understood. Well, I think
2: this is where Andy Reid has probably grown, you know, a bunch since 4 when we went to the Super Bowl. So that whole week, that lead-up time between our last, the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl against New England, we were preparing for a 3-4 defense. So base defense, we're preparing Mm -hmm. for a 3-4 defense. Well, hell, the damn Patriots come out in a 4-3. And not that we haven't played 4-3 teams before, but all week long, we prepared for a Mm 3-4. All week long, all of our game plan is is thinking one thing. And so... That's why, you know really, when you think about the Patriots and their ability to adapt and do different things every week, that's why they have an advantage there. I think Andy Reid will be prepared for anything that's thrown at them. Um, I think when you go in on that Wednesday, you're saying, okay, this is where their weaknesses are. This is where we're going to attack. This actually plays right into our game plan because we do these things well. So it's a combination, really, of the two. Um, But if, if you're looking at this defense, you're saying, okay, can we run the ball a little bit? If not, okay. Now we we'll just go to our strength, which is Patrick Mahomes doing what he does.
0: I have to sneeze, and it's just not coming. Um, <laughs> uh, these teams did play earlier this year, and Tyree Kill had over two hundred yards receiving in the first yeah. quarter. It was the Bucks came back, made it a game, covered. Remember that was a three and a half spread, and the Bucks ended up losing by three. When a guy goes off for like 200 yards in the first quarter in the first matchup, what do you think the Bucs are thinking in, over these two weeks too? Like how much of that film do you think they're looking back on and and are they just freaking out right now about Tyreek Hill? Well,
2: they'll look back at it. Then when they look back, they'll see there were some missed tackles. There was some bad coverages. And I think if you're Ty Bowles, you're saying, okay, we can blitz and play man-to-man behind it. But we have no way one in the league really has a a, a surefire way to stop Tyreek Hill, unless you got Jalen Ramsey on the other side, right? Um, and so that that's the dilemma that you're going to have. That's what Todd Bowles will be wrestling with all week long. If we blitz, we got man, man to play man-to-man man behind it in most cases, yeah. unless you're doing like some type of zone blitz. And we got man to play man-to-man against the fastest dude in the NFL. It's hard to do that consistently throughout a game. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. He's not just a zone guy. You play man-to-man, man, those crossing routes, with you talking about Kelsey and then Hartman speed and versus speed. It's just, it's hard to do that consistently for 70 plays in a game. That's what Todd Bowles is wrestling with. You are talking about guys being prepared. You're talking about sleepless nights, Todd Bowles, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks defensive coordinator. He's got two weeks of sleepless nights trying to figure out a way to slow this, this offense down. Uh,
0: the, the really, uh, noob bettors out there uh i feel like the two most popular phrase for people with, in betting that really don't uh look a lot of the numbers are you're going to lose a lot of money betting against mahomes and you're going to lose a lot of money betting against brady and so i'm very curious to watch the lines move uh over these next two weeks with this game uh bucks and the chiefs uh ingber a little pivot here unless you have anything else you want to get uh, get in there
1: Just that you actually would have made a significant amount of money betting on Mahomes if you'd bet against him every week the last eight weeks. It's just, uh, if you bet against him every week in his career, you would be down a lot. Same thing with Tom Brady. But any one game, any one month, any one stretch, a quarterback can still win games and lose you money if you're betting against the spread. Didn't
0: it feel like they really turned it on yesterday. Like all year, we're being like, I don't know if they're winning by enough. And then they're like, do you want enough? You want to see it, what it really feels yeah. like? It really felt like- You they just the most
1: on. effortless 38 points in NFL playoff yeah. history. It's like a play. quiet
0: 38. You know how in basketball, you go, like, oh, we got a quiet 40, yeah.
2: which is almost hard to imagine. Yeah. They had a quiet 38 yesterday. It's just, ah, they just do what they do. I don't know if they have a punter or not. Who knows? I mean, they may have just a guy that, that <laughs> punts for them, but I don't, I, I don't know that he works very much.
0: They actually have a program where they allow fans uh, to come yeah. in and and put on the punter uniform. Yeah, you'll
2: you'll be game. here. We're, we're not going to need you anyway, so we'll just let me let me ask you this. So it was my thought that when you play against the Chiefs and almost, I, I probably would have said this about Green Bay and maybe Tampa Bay as well. Fourth down situations, especially in the playoffs, is win or go home. I'm not punting. Period. Unless we're in a way backed up situation. If you're either one of these teams. Are you punting in the Super Bowl at all? Because we know both teams can put up points. Are you are you even going to have your punter? It depends. It depends on the situation. Watch this be a yeah.
0: defensive game I mean, I mean, it,
2: where no one scores any points. It'll, it'll be six to six at oh, there's half. And
0: everybody will be mad. I'll, I'll bet on yeah. that. I'll bet on that. Uh, I'm going to pivot really quick. Longtime Eagles fan David Ingberg Thoughts Mm -hmm. on the Eagles uh, hiring Nick Sirianni and uh, Doug, uh, excuse me, Deuce Staley uh, asking to be let go.
1: No, I don't have any thoughts. And it would be be ridiculous of me to actually waste minutes of oxygen on this podcast when I have two legit Eagles experts sitting next to me. I would feel very charlatan-esque. It would be like listening to another podcast that I know where someone speaks out of turn about a thing that they are not an expert in and I don't enjoy it. So I will not saddle your listeners with that. I
0: love that. I want to hear what podcast that is. Um, Westbrook, your thoughts?
1: Um, Let's start with the Deuce thing. I think this is
2: a great decision by him, a career Decision. Deuce Daly can go be a running back coach for any team in any league on any level. He has that experience. He has that knowledge. So he can go do that anywhere. He can come back to Philly in a couple of years and be the running back coach there again. Deuce needs experience coaching other positions, potentially being an offensive coordinator. And I don't think he gets that job until he has experience coaching other positions. NFL teams, and I think ownership and management think of the running back as a, as a replaceable, player i think they think the coach the same way like we can get anybody to coach the running backs and running backs that they're just really all that is is instincts. anybody can coach that position and i think they they believe that the running back coach is the same way so for deuce who i believe will be an awesome head coach i'm happy that he's finally getting out of philadelphia and hopefully an opportunity to coach a different position that maybe allow which will allow him to rise up in the ranks just a little bit more um as far as Nick Sirianni, I, you know, I, I didn't know the guy very much. I did a bunch of research. I don't know that anyone loved uh, or knew a bunch about him prior to, um, but it kind of fell in line with what Jeffrey Lurie has always done. Go find someone that nobody's really interested in. Nobody was making a big fuss about get wowed in the interview and, and pick that guy, right. Um It was disappointing that they – I don't know that they didn't give Deuce a legit chance. It was disappointing that he won't be there anymore. But, you know, I think you probably – if you follow this team, you probably feel right now the same way that you felt when they picked Andy Reid, who was a quarterback coach in Green Bay. Nobody knew about. Certainly the same way as Doug Peterson. The only reason that you knew Doug Peterson's name was because he was a backup and a former NFL player. But a couple months before he got picked up, you know, maybe a year or so. He was a high school coach, so I, I I would think that for the Philadelphia Eagles fans, once they get over the disappointment of Deuce leaving and things like that, that they'll they'll probably look at this like, well, you know, well, we've had some of our best coaches come from a very similar situation, and we had a big time college coach come in and ruin the team. So I I think they probably right. would feel closer to that.
0: They also hired uh, the OC from the Chargers, mm-hmm. Shane Steichen. Um, I talked to some people um, around the NFL just to kind of get insight because I'll, I'll just be honest. I had ne- – like I had heard of Nick Sirianni but not like, oh, that should be the next head coach of the Philadelphia.
2: He wasn't County. getting any other job offers. Uh,
0: no. I uh, I heard though that these are two very young up and coming guys, mm-hmm. and that a lot of Justin Herbert's success was because of Steichen. Um, uh, it's and having two
2: six five receivers and a, and a really good running back, but I thank, think, yes. thank
0: you, thank <laughs> you. Um, no, no, but you're you're very uh, spot on. I, I said that uh, on on Twitter that I thought that we failed Deuce Staley, and I, I was not saying that he should have been the head coach. But just the way that they've strung him on for what seems to be a decade, and mm-hmm. the fact that he seemed to be their de facto Rooney rule guy that, oh, it's fine. We're going to interview our black running backs coach. And now we fulfill that. Now we're going to go hire another guy that didn't actually call plays. Sirianni didn't call plays. Doug Peterson didn't mm-hmm. call plays. So that wasn't obviously an issue then with Deuce. I think you're absolutely right that Lurie has a type. He loves to find the diamond in the rough because when that happens, you get all the credit. And if it doesn't work out, they take all the blame. I do not like that they're continuing to hold on to this structure of getting uh, coaches that are happy to be there so that him and Howie, Lurie and Howie, can have complete control and that they can go, hey, listen, we're going to handle everything. Just don't worry about it. Um, I, could it be right? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Could it work out? Sure. Um, but I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to not wanting to be an Eagles mm. fan right now. I just, it just, it just, um, it, I, I don't really enjoy the organization. Um, I, we're coming to the end of the Eagles that I actually do love the Zach Ertz, the Fletcher Cox, the Jason Kelsey's um, and I, I'll just say it. You know, if, if they go with Nick Sirianni and Carson Wentz for next season, I'm not, I'm not starting off talking about the Eagles ever. Uh, they, they don't, they don't deserve it. So um I'm, I'm not a fan of the moves. Uh Could it work? Sure. Mike Lombardi already came out. I respect Mike Lombardi and hates the hire. You know, he hated the Doug Peterson hire too. And so people are like, oh, this is great. Uh, But I think Mike Lombardi is smart, and just because he was wrong on on Doug Peterson and Jason Kelsey called him out in the parade doesn't mean we should never listen to him again. I mean, the guy worked under Al Davis, Bill Belichick, and Bill Walsh. And if you want to use the one time that he was wrong about Doug Peterson, at the the same point, was he all the way the wrong about Doug Peterson? I mean, you could also say, hey, Doug Peterson, go out there and get your friends to come in and be coaches. Oh, you don't have any? Oh, like... Maybe he wasn't that crazy. Uh, so uh, I just think it it became a, a like I'm, I'm seeing like Ruben Frank saying, oh, wow, screw this guy. I don't really think he was that wrong. So uh, I don't like the Eagles moves. I wanted somebody that actually had a track record. Uh, and, you know.
2: Like who? Like, who? like who, who would you have preferred? And would that guy come into the structure, Howie Roseman And and I don't know that Howie's picking the staff.
0: I would want somebody that wouldn't play that shit. If if it is true that Howie wanted Josh McDaniels, um, I am somebody that believes in Josh McDaniels. A lot of people love to say he flamed out in Denver. It wasn't going to work. I like guys that have gone through their first head coaching experience sometimes because they don't play the bullshit anymore. They don't, they don't do what Matt LaFleur did in the NFC Championship game and kick field goals. They don't, oh, I'm fine with that free agent decision and it ends up like, come, like Josh McDaniels is like, I know what it's like to fail, I will succeed and I think he's a great offensive mind. I just don't know anything about Nick Sirianni and I think that's, in that, in that ignorance, I have fear. Um, but you know, I, you know, Dayball, uh, McDaniels, um, be enemy, uh, there's, uh, I I've, I've said that I'd be interested in the Oklahoma coach. Um, but I don't, I also think that Lurie likes getting these guys cause they have to pay him as mm. much, but that's just also one of my theories. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, the other, other uh, part, I think and you are really right along these lines, you don't have to pay him as much. You may not have to, and this is kind of sketchy. You may not have to respect them in the same way that you would respect a much more known coach coming in. Um, the, the Eagles, this is the most important thing for the Eagles. Sirianni has to bring in a culture. There has to be a big time culture shift in that locker room and on that team. And, and I think as he wins, there may be a culture shift in Howie and how they handle things as well. I, you know, I, I was listening to some reports just this week that maybe Howie doesn't want to choose his team. And that was one of Nick Sirianni's um, uh, messages. Like, listen, if if you're hiring me because you get to choose my coaching staff, I'm not coming in, period. And I think Howie Mm -hmm. kind of backed off according to this report anyway. And So I just think it's important that the coach stands on his own. He creates the culture that he thinks can be successful. And now you got to go find the players that can can help you create that culture. Because the the truth is, I went back and looked at the whole 53-man roster And about, I don't know, Mm -mm. 30 of them got to go. You got to flip that entire roster. You have to find a different way to get a bunch of new guys, new blood into that organization. The Eagles have a long way to go. And if they're going to try to fix Carson Wentz, it's going to be super important that you find some people that either believe in Carson Wentz, I'm talking about guys around him, or are willing to put up with some of the ways, personality traits of Carson Wentz as a leader.
0: See, that's my thing. I looked it up. The The new OC they just hired is 35 years mm-hmm. old, uh, Shane Steichen, which is crazy because I'm 34 and I'm like, nobody at my age should be doing these things. Um, <laughs> but I'm just realizing I'm old. Um, the question is, is Carson Wentz going to respect the, the room of Steichen, whoever the quarterback coach is, and Nick Sirianni? Because apparently that's Carson Wentz's big issue, is that if he doesn't respect you, well, then he's going to walk all over you. And so – It's interesting. I I wouldn't know how I would approach Carson if I was one of these coaches because you're reading all this stuff and you're like, I'm going to come in there like chewing glass and spitting Mm -hmm. nails. Uh, But at the same time, you don't want to alienate this kid. Uh, But again, you know where I stand. Jalen Hurts is the future. You know how I would Um,
2: approach Carson? To me, it would be very simple. Carson, listen, um, when you go to a different team, whether you're traded, whether you're released and picked up, they don't treat you the same. Let me tell you, they don't treat you like you're the number two pick overall. You're treated as a reject. You got to earn your way. You got to compete and you got to try to find a way to win. I'm here to try to help you be better. I'm trying to get the 2017 version of Carson Wentz. If you want to do that, then hop on the train. We're going to work. I'm going to get after you. I'm going to coach you hard. And hopefully uh, through those expectations, through that hard work, you're going to be a much better player than you were last year. Do you want to be a better player or not? If you don't, then we don't have to worry about having this conversation again because I won't coach you in that way. But that also means that you won't be my starting quarterback. As simple as that, let me know where we stand at, and then we can move from there. To me, that's the only way to approach it.
0: My fear also, because all this is happening during COVID protocols where I would imagine all the interviews were on Zoom, it's like they interview him on Zoom And he's like, really good. And then he comes in and they're like, wait, Mm -hmm. this is your presence? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just, you know, like we're not going to be in these COVID protocols all the time. And I'm not saying that like you can make a lot of bad decisions based on the energy that someone brings in a room. You can get absolutely persuaded the wrong way. Um, But- you know these were zoom interviews no i think no i think this they, met him, I think they met
2: him down in florida i think he came down to florida because they mentioned him not have he was on vacation okay. and he didn't have a suit so everyone in the eagles organization wore casual clothes to make him feel comfortable which whatever you feel however you want about that but they all wore casual clothes to make him feel comfortable
0: can i, can I ask you what are all the former eagles thinking right now in in your group chats yeah. and stuff what well, what's the tech like
2: well the the thought is um that For Jeffrey Lurie, you know, and I know Eric B. Enemy said I didn't want to do this interview, right? But the thought is that for Jeffrey Lurie, it's good enough to have minorities work for you, but to lead your football team, that's not going to work for you. And you look at this hire and you say, well, were there other candidates that had better resumes? Absolutely. Were there other candidates that are better leader of men? Absolutely. Are there other candidates that actually call plays? that have gotten further than Nick Sirianni? Absolutely. Then why aren't those guys um, in the conversation? Um. So in, in our group chats, that, that's what it's all about. And, and listen, I, I've been around Jeffrey Lurie. He's not a racist man. But just because yeah. you're not a racist doesn't mean that I want someone, a minority, or someone that doesn't look like me, someone that I can't relate to, leading my company. Um. And, and th- that's just mm. the unfortunate part. But that's the conversation that has been happening in a lot of my group chats
0: um stafford told the lions uh he'd like to be moved on uh he is 33 years old he is one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks to have ever played this Mm -hmm. game uh he's just he's on an organization that wasted barry sanders and calvin johnson so let's think about that um when you heard the news were there any teams that popped up right away that you could see him new england
2: immediately Straight, straight to New England. That, that, that was my first. Or uh, you like? Um,
1: of course. I'm holding that hope for Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, I'll take Matt Stafford.
2: <laughs> I, I would like to see Aaron like Rodgers England and, and Bill Belichick and see how that goes.
0: I feel Let's like get Deshaun
1: Watson too. That's we'll what a I was going to Three guys.
0: That's what I was going to say. Is I don't think the Matt Stafford market starts until we figure out what's happening with Deshaun yeah. Watson because I would rather give up a lot of assets <clears> than <throat> to just sign Matt Stafford. But that's me.
2: Yeah, the the, the ask for Deshaun Watson is going to be twice what Matt Stafford is because he's an older quarterback. Yeah, and and he's worked absolutely. It's you know I was listening and reading about Deshaun Watson again uh, this morning, but also last week, and he basically at this point I I thought that if Eric Bieniemy got that job, guy that he wanted to at least interview, that he'll have a chance to to come back and stay. But at this point, he's like, "Yep, nah, still ain't it. It doesn't matter who you bring in here. It's not the coach. It's the owner." That's who I have a problem with, and, and, and from there, it sounds mm-hmm. like he doesn't want to go back to uh, Houston.
0: It's, I, I think also when you see Andre Johnson say "Stay strong," yeah, yeah. and Andre Johnson, as we got a chance to meet him uh, on the Super Bowl Radio Row, is one of the most real motherfuckers mm-hmm. that you will ever meet in t- in your mm-hmm. entire life. The fact that that Deshaun Watson watch deandre hopkins leave Mm -hmm. and get traded Mm -hmm. and as a friend and as a man but also as a teammate um but then also it's that notion and and you know what i've never actually thought about this the better deshaun watson plays for cal mcnair the more money he makes cal mcnair and i've i've never actually thought about that as an athlete is that is that something athletes talk about where they're like i don't want to make that owner money
2: I've never heard that conversation because as you're making that owner money, you're also, I think, ideally making yourself some money too. Um, So I've never been a part of that conversation. But I could see how at this point, especially where Deshaun Watson stands, he he could feel that way. I I could see that happening.
0: I could see Stafford, by the way, just to wrap that up. The Colts make a lot of sense to me uh, to go there because they're on this, this plan right now. But I also think they want to find their quarterback of the future. Uh, San Francisco people are starting to mention a lot. Uh, New Orleans is a spot. However, I I did think New Orleans made sense for Stafford because Joe Lombardi was the quarterback coach there, and he was the OC for Stafford for a few years. But now Lombardi is actually going to the Chargers uh, to be, I think, their OC. Um, and yeah, I, I Stafford though is one of those guys where he's so good. He has been banged up lately. I'm I'm curious, but I do think that the market doesn't start until Deshaun Watson moves. Like I don't I don't know would would Stafford go to Atlanta? I don't think Miami would. My oh Atlanta, but then like Matt Ryan's not going anywhere for at least a year. Uh-huh. No, if I'm Atlanta, I'm getting rid of both Matt Ryan and Julio.
2: And I love Julio. I, I like Matt Ryan a lot. I just think that it's time yeah. to move on. But I I don't know that the answer is another older quarterback. He would be that that bridge quarterback. But I mean I'm. I'm going to get some value for both of those guys. I'm going to get some draft picks for them, which is where you have to start at with a brand new head coach mm. and go from there.
0: Man, uh, I just got an alert about Deuce. Oh, I got breaking news. Deuce Staley's got a job. Okay. You want to guess where he's going Chicago. to? And he is going to be. He is going to be the assistant head coach. And running backs
2: coach. So that's the same position he had with the Eagles. My first thought yep. was Chicago. Where did, where did, what made you think Chicago? Matt Nagy's there. I mean, I, I thought somewhere with okay. the Andy Reid. Where, so yeah, where did tries. Anthony Anthony go?
0: Nailed it. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Anthony Lynn went to Detroit. Deuce Daly is going to be the assistant head coach and running back coach for the Detroit Lions with Dan okay. Campbell. Yeah.
2: And I can see those guys. I mean, Deuce is a fiery dude, like strong-willed Dan Campbell. I can see them working well together.
0: What made you say Anthony Lynn? Why did that pop into your head? Um, I was at the combine. He's the OC now for yeah. the Lions, so you have Anthony Lynn, Dan Campbell, and Deuce. That's a uh, that's a uh, coaching staff that could kick some other coaches. Yeah, you, you don't want to go
2: into a dark alley with those guys. You want those guys on your team because they they are ready to rumble at all times. Dan <laughs> Campbell's out there
0: telling you to bite chunks of people's kneecaps
2: out. Yeah. I was I was at the combine a few years ago when Saquon was there, right? And so I, I I was there and a big part of the combine and just the coaches getting together and things like that. And I saw the relationship with Deuce and Anthony Lynn. Um it, it kind of just makes sense that he would go with where did that relationship start? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, 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 really? Over the years, coaching and playing, I'm sure that they we, we've yeah. already discussed it. There's just not a lot of, of blackhead coaches. There are not a lot of coaches, African-Americans, minorities in higher positions. And so usually in those situations, they'll at least have a, a good conversation with each other and, and potentially say, hey, we never know what's going to happen. If we can ever work together in the future, it'll be pretty cool.
0: Man, think about think about that running back room when Anthony Lynn sits down and Deuce is in there and Adrian Peterson still on the oh, roster. Yeah. Like <laughs> stories for days. But you you could talk about Anthony Lynn's time management. But he's one of the best run game developers mm-hmm. uh, that exist. Uh, what he did in Buffalo and then what he started doing in the beginning with Melvin Gordon at mm-hmm. the Chargers was pretty special. Anything else uh, that I'm missing, Ingber, that you think needs to be discussed before we wrap up or Westbrook? Ingber has one.
1: Yeah, from former college DJ on Reddit, the Green Bay Packers have played 26 games in the playoffs in Lambeau, right? Before 2001, they were 13-0. and 0. Since 2002, they're only 7-6. and six. So in terms of mythologies of certain venues, I just thought that was a fascinating stat. Let me
2: ask you guys this. I mean, you know, there's a thought about Drew Brees. He retires, whatever. Only won one Super Bowl. Is that a knock against him? Because if it is, then how do we feel about Aaron Rodgers? Because I, I think Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is a little bit more talented than Drew Brees. I just love the way he throws the ball. But him, what is he, one and four in the NFC Championship game? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean. That's right. What does that say
0: about And some crazy loss. That Seattle yes. loss where they made that epic yeah, comeback yeah. was tough. The Giants won, they were 15 and one. He's also lost as the one seed at home, which makes it tough. That's I mean I, But I think the difference,
1: the difference between zero rings and one ring is so massive. Like we look at the way Dan Marino still gets like ribbed in every panel conversation at all times, like, ah, oh, you never won the big one. It's like Drew Brees got a ring, you know? And when Peyton Manning only had one for all those years, it was like he still had one ring and Aaron Rodgers has a ring. And I think like if we're going to look at Dirk Nowitzki's career entirely differently because he was so great for so many years, then he finally won one. That was like the cherry on top, and now he can finally retire as a Dallas Mavericks legend. I feel like we have to say the same thing about guys like Aaron Rodgers and, and Drew Brees. It's like you won a ring, and you were fantastic in so many regular season games. I think that has to be respected as a resume,
0: right? I think getting a ring puts you into the one of the greatest possibility, mm-hmm getting multiple rings is when you start getting to the greatest. And I think that uh, for a long time uh, on this podcast, we would talk about Aaron Rodgers being the most talented quarterback of all time. Uh, And I think Mahomes is going to pass him in in that regard. Uh, And I don't think it's possible to say he's the best quarterback of all time because Brady has six and he's going for seven. Um, I, I would also say though that, the, the thing with Aaron that I'll always go back to is of all the quarterbacks, he had the least help um, over his career. Uh, Drew Brees had Sean Payton. He had a dome. He had a lot of things going for him. Uh, Mike McCarthy is not going to go down like Sean Payton. Uh, he got the end with Devontae Adams. He had a few great years, though, you know, of, of Jordy Nelson and, and all those guys. But the defense was also pretty bad during all of those times where Tom Brady had a great defense. Um, so I'll always look at Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest. Um, I also think that he still has time left. Um, but I also think that he, like you mentioned in the beginning, he's looking over at Tom and going, I don't need to do this in this really cold Mm -hmm. place all Mm -hmm. the time. You know, like when Tom Brady comes over to him and they handshake at the end and he's got a tan and he's looking real good and Tom's going, Hey, I only had one game like this all year for your aching body, like it's definitely, I'm, 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 I hope Westbrook that he gets a second somewhere, not in green Bay. And I'm not saying this against green Bay fans. I would love personally for Aaron Rodgers to be on the Niners. That would be, look, I said this for Deshaun Watson. I want one of these quarterbacks to be on the Niners because I think Kyle Shanahan deserves it. And I think those guys deserve it. Um, because talk about the perfect situation, Aaron being from that area, I would love to see the team that he thought was going to draft him, but took Alex Smith. That would be the the situation that I would love to see Aaron Rodgers in going back to the Bay, uh, and teaming up with Kyle Shanahan and going, wow, this is actually easy. I don't have a disciple under him like LaFleur. I have the guy. And so I would love to see that for Aaron Rodgers yeah. for David Ingber.
1: If you're looking for a great new musical genre to do chores to, you can do no better than centuries-old sea shanties.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is? Can you give us an example, please?
1: Oh my god, you guys don't know the TikTok meme about sea shanties? No. No. Oh my god! If you have like you know you're looking at like a bunch of dishes and you're like, I need something to pump me up. Oh, lo, when the Wellerman comes to bring us sugar and tea and rum, one day when the Tongan is done, we'll take our leave and go. Got a nice voice, man. How are you not pumped up running through a brick wall I right there?
0: That, dude, I thought a beat was going to drop. Can you do it? Can you, <laughs> yeah, you know, one more. Yeah, do it again. Do it again.
1: Wait, oh, oh when the Wellerman <laughs> comes to bring us sugar and tea and love, one day when the time
0: is one, we'll
1: take our oh, huh, leave uh, and go.
0: Oh. Try about that. Oh, man, that was great. And you're right. He, You do have a good voice, Sigmar. My, My best
2: friend, he's so knowledgeable. He's a great singer. He's a baker. He has great <laughs> hair. I mean, look at this guy.
0: Amazing! one of my my favorite things that Ingbert does is he gives an exasperation in the middle of his thing he goes you looking for something you can clean to just a good right in the middle there Uh, for Brian Westbrook the Rocket Man Um,
2: when Michael Jordan was just dominating the NBA you know I I wasn't young but I don't know that I appreciated it as much as I probably should have I mean we're talking about the best ever um, I think now we got we should take a moment to appreciate LeBron James, of course, his longevity, Tom Brady, his ability just to do it over a span of 21 years and be dominant, making it to the Super Bowl again. But also what we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes, and we've talked about it a bunch on this on this podcast. As we watch greatness unfold in front of us, I think it's a tendency of always thinking, okay, who's, who's the next great? Who's the next person that's gonna be able to do this? Instead of appreciating what we have going on, it's almost like, you know, you're thinking about the destination and not appreciating, you know, the journey that it takes to get there. I I think we got to appreciate what we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes, certainly appreciate. And and I'm looking at Tom Brady and I'm, I'm a little bit younger than him, but I played against him in the Super Bowl 16, 17 years ago and he was close to his prime at that point. I think we have to appreciate the greatness that we're actually experiencing while we're experiencing it. Um, and, and we're seeing some of the greatest LeBron, Patrick Mahomes, as well as Tom Brady.
0: I mean, Inver, like Westbrook is just, he just like pulled into my lane and he just claimed it as, oh didn't he? He just said, he said, Oh, well, let's appreciate greatness. No, I, like that, that, that honestly is, uh, all right, let me do mine. L E F K O E man. I think to what Westbrook said, is, we hear this all the time, we sit with the Warriors, all this, are we getting Tom Brady fatigue? Are we getting Mahomes fatigue? And I would ask everyone out there, if you are tired of watching other people be great, how are you ever going to allow yourself to be great? Why are we always wishing for mediocrity? Why are we always hoping for parity so that everybody can have a chance? I feel like people that root for parity are embracing parity. And so one thing I would just say to everybody is like, there's no reason to be jealous. There's no reason to be upset or to get tired of something. What we're witnessing is special. And if you can get inspired by that and try to do that in your own life, that's some magical shit. And that's why I go back in the beginning about belief. And I know that our last things are always like self-help stuff, but like Mahomes isn't magical. Tom Brady is not from another planet. You've seen videos and pictures of these ki- guys as kids. They just have an unwavering mental toughness and also an incredible physical ability. But I just I just hope that people can watch this and be inspired by it and not just not just look at it like it's sports sometimes because uh, it's look, man, I waver all the fucking time and I doubt myself all the fucking time. But when I watch Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, I literally get done and I, I went to the gym and I'm like, let's fucking go because I get so fucking excited to reach shit that I didn't think was possible. So that's, that's just the thing that I would just say to everybody is like, don't let people hate on this shit and don't let people like undermine it. Like This is fucking greatness and it needs to be appreciated. And if, you're, if you find yourself as someone trying to bring it down, ask yourself why. And that's kind of how I did it. So for Westbrook, for Ingber, I love you guys. Um, I think this is about an what, you, what you, How long of an hourglass do you think this is? Hour and a half?
1: Well, we're at 128 right now, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. We got it, we got ourselves a new timer. I love you guys too. Ingber Westbrook, you're the shit. Uh, I don't know what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out. All right. See you later. Peace.